Paceline is produced by The Cycling Independent, with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at The Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. Cycling Independent, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, John Lewis. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. Hey, dude, good news from Sonoma hey. County. Not that it'll oh, affect yeah? you. Yeah. Uh, it rained the night before last. I think fire season is over. That is good news. I, could, I accept that as good news. Yeah. I don't live there, but any time that the world isn't burning, it feels like good news. Yeah. I mean, we could still have a fire. Things can catch on fire, but this place is no longer a tinderbox waiting to explode. Sorry for the cliche. Um, it's interesting that you say, ooh, it rained. <laughs> Because here it is, it is, it is oh, you're full more of- noteworthy when it's not raining. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, you're waiting for it to rain less. Yes. Yeah. It's it rained. It was a super rainy summer. Everything, all the trees, all the trees, all the trails are still overgrown. Oh gosh. Um, everything is green and lush. We've become semi semi tropical, subtropical. I don't know what's happened, but it's all happening. But it's fall now. Mm-hmm. I put on a hoodie this morning. Um, and this is my favorite season uh, because I'm not sweating as much at maximum at maximum volume. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I've often said that when this place isn't on fire, fall is as good as Sonoma County gets. I mean, this place is pretty nice year round generally. There can sometimes yeah. be a couple of weeks in August where maybe you want to go someplace else. Um, but October, which we are about to enter. Yeah, that is that is maximum awesome around here. So I'm really excited for next month. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Uh, well, let's jump in, man. Uh, OK, uh, th- this will segue into uh you know, the hoodiness and the weatherness and all that stuff uh, in a moment. But this week I want to talk about what I call bruise life. <laughs> which oh, I'll, Okay, that's new on me. Educate yeah, I'll explain, me, sir. Yeah, I'll explain more in a minute. Uh, so I've been doing some hard thinking about what I want for my riding and what getting it might cost. Mm, uh-huh. I guess it started with a pep talk I gave to my friend Megna mm-hmm. uh, last week. She, Megna only took up mountain biking recently. Right. Uh, She's primarily 40s. a running friend of yours. Yeah. She's primarily a running friend. Yeah. Um, she is a tremendous runner. Uh, she is fast. She has the skills uh, and she's so good on the trail. So despite being a pretty superior athlete, she's struggling with consistency with her mountain biking. Mm -hmm. You know, she doesn't have, we ride together 
but she doesn't have the 30 years of practice that I have behind me. Uh huh. Um, so she's probably a stronger athlete than I am, but, um, but she's missing that thing. Skills. Skills. Yeah. And so, and one of the things, ways that manifests is a lack of consistency. Uh, sometimes she rides really well, uh, and sometimes not. And so it's hard to maintain a feeling of improvement when you feel like your performance, for lack of a better word, Mm -hmm. uh, it fluctuates so much. Yep. And so she was on this ride. We were on this ride together and she was sort of struggling and we stopped and talked. And I basically encouraged her to court failure. Um, On the bike, on the trail, it's to me, it's a long game. Okay. We try things we're not sure we can do in order to figure out how to do them the next time. Yeah. Yeah. And what but what happens when someone you're riding with someone who doesn't have all that practice and all those skills you have, it's tempting for them uh, to take all the easiest lines just so you can keep up. Uh, I've never done that in my life. No, sir. Mm -mm, No, no. (laughs) Right. Did my nose just get longer? Yes. So, so taking those easy lines is the short game. It's you're just trying not to make other riders wait for you. It's considerate, I guess, in a way, but it's also not the most productive way when you're trying to come up the skills curve. And basically Mm -hmm. what I said to her was try all the stuff. It's okay if you fail. I'm going to wait for you. It doesn't bother me. I'm playing this long game with you. I would rather wait for you a little bit now while you fail at stuff than you stay at this skill level and I have to wait for you forever. And to be clear, I don't mind riding this way. Like Uh I ride a a section of trail the way I want to ride it and then I wait for her. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like it. Uh, Even, you know, even when I ride more slowly and do the skills that I need to do in a more deliberate way, I find that fascinating. So there's no penalty for me at all. Uh, there's then, something this to be is, said for having someone with you who slows you down to look at your own riding. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, we've been riding once a week and she's made tremendous progress and I feel like I've made progress too. I, I really enjoy it to me. She was concerned like, Oh, this is boring for you. I was like, this is not boring for me at all. Uh, and you should invest the time now in all of those little obstacles that you've been riding by, because that'll in- increase your confidence. You're later. an awesome friend. Uh, well, yeah, I'm okay. not one to I mean, pass judgment, I, but you are objectively an awesome friend. Well, that's nice of you to say. I, I enjoy riding my bike, so... I'm not making any sacrifices. I'm, <laughs> yes, 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 you know, yes. Like you say I'm an awesome friend, but I'm like, oh, okay. So that was all nice, uh, and she seemed to take motivation from it. Uh, and so good job, me, I guess. Uh, but then I got to thinking about my own approach with my own riding. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like best is to ride difficult technical single track. Uh when I'm good, when I'm on my game, it gives me this powerful feeling of flow and capability. Amen. Like you execute one difficult move and you're like, wow, 
<laughs> yep. I can't believe my brain and body came together to do what I just did. Look how awesome I am. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I just love the way it feels, right? Mm-hmm. Like when the, when a difficult obstacle goes just the way you think it's going to. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, when I'm not good, it can be pretty disappointing. And it often comes with injuries. <laughs> ah, because uh-huh. I'm putting myself into precarious situations that depend on solid timing, well-executed moves, etc. And mm-hmm. the stakes can be high because rocks and exposure and falling off in those scenarios isn't usually just stepping off onto the side of the trail. Like right in this very moment uh, or, or just before we started recording, I was explaining that my back is in spasm, mm-hmm. uh, which may be because... I went off the side of a boulder uh, this morning, probably about three feet down. You went off but, the side you know, rather than the front or the other side or. Yeah, I was there was a very steep exit from the boulder and I was not on the right line. And I I came to a full stop and, and I thought maybe I can shimmy the bike to the right uh-huh. to get up to get on the right line uh but it it wasn't happening and there was nowhere to go but down so <sighs> down i went okay and that's you know uh that's the cost um it's a great line i did go back after i fell off it i did go back and ride it clean uh and that was the best thing that happened to me this morning uh because i was not on my game trail was real greasy um yeah. So so you you hit the line a second time even after your back was already a little uncomfortable. Yeah. I I think this is where I bow down to you cuz once I've done that I'm I'm total conservative mode. When I feel just cuz often there's that little tweak that you feel it's like uh-oh. But you're not in yeah. full spasm yet. Yeah. And when I when I hit that point I'm all about like what yoga move can I try to pull on the bike so that I relax this muscle? Well, it's safe to say that I didn't fully grok what was happening in the musculature of my lower back at the time. Okay. I had just fallen off. I was like, oh, hmm. I needed to be further to the right. Like I was still solving the problem. And I went back and I rode the line and that's that's great. Uh, I can tell you that I didn't ride a lot of other lines <laughs> this morning. It was that was like the uh, a brief flash of victory. But but it, it, it does demonstrate the point I'm trying to make that the cost in some of these things, some of these um, scenarios that I want to ride is higher than just stepping off in a rock garden. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are a lot of skinnies, uh, skinny logs to ride in this place. And <sighs> you can, I, I tore my rotator cuff there like three, four months ago, uh, going off one of those, but I try, well, this is all sort of implicit in bruise life. I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> so that I, 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 um, at one, at one point this morning, one of the guys pointed out to me that I was bleeding like all the way <laughs> down one forearm. <laughs> And I have a big purple bruise just below my ribs on my left side from a fall last week. Um, 
And so I'm 51. Congratulations. (laughs) Yes. I'm on the back nine. Uh, A little golf analogy there. I have a lifetime's worth of accrued injuries also. And I don't really need these bruises, cuts, scrapes, and muscle spasms. I, you know, they're not um, necessary to my sense of self-worth. Uh, except they do seem to be the price of the sort of improvement that I'm after. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Price of admission. So I quizzed myself pretty hard this week about whether what I want makes sense or not, at least physically. And I came to the conclusion that I have to keep going, at least for now. Mm -hmm. And this is what I think of as bruise life, Mm -hmm. the sort of lifestyle that leads to frequent bruising, bleeding, and even sometimes injuries. To live bruised life fully, you have to accept pain and setbacks. You just have to accept that that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Price. It's when you don't accept them that you have real problems, I think. (laughs) Fair point. Um. I also don't think this is macho nonsense, uh, a a thing to which I am susceptible by virtue of my upbringing. But I don't think this is I think this is um, just a way of living that tolerates risk. Right. Like you Mm -hmm. can live bruised life in your career also or in your relationships. And I think it's just a tacit acceptance that being true to yourself and your aims means you're going to fail a bunch. Okay, Um, I was with you until um, your third from last word. Fail. Uh, Fail. Right. Um, Right. It you know. The the falls that we accumulate and the injuries that sometimes come out of those falls, um, they are a risk. Uh, we are putting ourselves at risk. Uh, yeah. And here I'm reminded, uh, this is where I jump in, right? Sure, why not? Okay. Uh, I'm reminded of uh, when I was doing internet dating circa 2003... And, uh, I met a TV producer, uh, she was a reality show producer and, uh, I told her about, you know, being a cyclist and that, you know, that piece of my life. And she leans in, she goes, Oh, so you like danger. And I was like, Whoa, 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 time, time. No, what I do is risky. There is inherent risk. Things can go wrong, but I consider danger to be just not being mindful uh, or, or particularly um, using good judgment. You know, if I see danger, I consider that to be things are likely or very probably going to go badly. I don't put myself in dangerous situations. I do put myself in risky situations. Yeah, that's right. And so for me, um, I, I see that as a piece of living an engaged life. Uh, When we consider all the things that we do in our daily lives that put us at risk, oh, like, say, driving a car, um, Mm. (laughs) you know, or breathing exhaust, (laughs) those things aren't, you know, we know that those carry uh, health risks to us. So I I see that as being uh, just a, a... part of the, the start condition for being a cyclist. 
I mean, I think that's true. And of course, there are degrees and I'm not right. putting myself in dangerous situations. I'm not doing big gap jumps because I don't got those skills. Right. Um, it's a matter of continuing to engage with risk, though. Like, you know, you can do this in your career. You can do this in your relationships where you think, should I be honest here? Should I be, you know, how should I present myself? Um and it's not that you should be reckless, not at all. Don't be reckless. Agreed. Yep. But um, uh, a failure, and I, I'm going to I know that like the cliche is it's only a failure if you don't get, you know, if you don't keep going. Um, but I think like I can own the word and live with the word failure pretty comfortably, you know, like um, like the trail. Life is nonlinear. Uh and, uh, you know, the, OK, so the 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 joke on the trail is uh, if you're not bleeding, you haven't been trying very hard. Um, <laughs> but that's sort of true, like, you know, uh, it, all the way across the board. Right. Like if you are just comfortable in your career and you just are looking to avoid conflicts or failures, if you just need it to be linear I don't think that's very fulfilling. I, I'm not judging people who manage their careers that way. Maybe they are engaging risk and growth in another part of their lives. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think you have to take risks in relationships necessarily. Uh, although I think being honest about who and what you are and how you feel can feel risky a lot of the time. Well, it's vulnerability. It is vulnerability. It is vul the vulnerability is a great a great word, actually, because, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm when I'm on the side of that boulder looking at the exit, which is just a pile of rocks that have been put <laughs> there to, <laughs> to make it less to make it not a three foot drop off. Um, I'm vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I'm physically vulnerable. And I, look, I'm sure there will come a time when the aches and pains and setbacks will become too much. Or this mania I have for doing this type of riding will subside. And that's that's fine. But I watched my dad deteriorate from Parkinson's disease over a period of 15 years. I watched my brother <laughs> die of pancreatic cancer in his 50s. And so preserving the the peak joy of outdoor physicality is uh, important and urgent to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to hurt myself. I don't think I'm cavalier about any of it, but I do believe at least for right now that I'm willing to continue pushing on my riding to see what I can achieve before I reach that point of needing to pull back. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Uh, I'm going to return to one of my picks from a couple of weeks ago, uh, Stephen mm -hmm. Kotler's book, Nar Country. Mm. Um, you should buy that book this week. That That's my message to you. You should my buy neighbor, it. My neighbor bought it after yeah. hearing your pick, so I can just borrow it. Okay. Okay. We'll tell him to hurry up so you can get on it. Because, you know, the entire premise of that book is, you know, can Kotler become a park skier at age, uh, I think he starts the book at 52 and finishes at 53. Um, yeah. You know, he basically takes one full season to go from zero to hero. And I'll be damned if he doesn't do it. I mean, it's incredible. 
And I've been, it's precisely the thing that I, you know, I've shared with you that I'm, uh, I would like to get better at being airborne. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know, all my biggest air has been accidental. (laughs) Yep. So, uh, and I still haven't moved to flats and I'm still, I'm still asking that question. So my, my own progress is maybe uh, a little on the. Uh, slow side. <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't want to harp on this flats thing, but I will say even when I went off the side of the boulder this morning, the outcome was way better because you did. It was a twist choice. your ankle first. Yeah, I, I gained whatever that half the quarter second uh, of exit and was able to orient my body in a way that I didn't think would be problematic. And it was a choice, right? Like I was like, oh, I'm yep. going off the rock. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, the flats have been good for this whole pushing thing and certainly about, you know, for getting airborne. Uh, but that's getting into the specifics. Uh, you should get those right. flats. Right. Uh, yeah. We're 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 talking strategy, not tactics. Yes, that's right. That's um, right. Yeah. But, you know, there's one of the things that that book does is it talks about, uh, you know, in a much larger sense how people approach aging. And there was a study that he, he refers to in the book uh, about researchers going into an old folks home and telling all the 80 year old residents there to just walk around and act like they were in their sixties. And they all became much more like people in their sixties from simply acting like they were in their sixties. You can fake it until you make it. Uh, that's one of the key lessons of that book that I just find so remarkable. Yeah. 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 I may very well be faking it. Uh, we'll see if I make it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That works. Yeah. We will expect an update. Sure. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a break for Shimano and we'll be back. Back with us this month is Shimano and the new GRX 12-speed mechanical groups. Rooted in simplicity, reliability, and adventure, the new 12-speed GRX lineup delivers more gearing options along with unrivaled ergonomics so riders get the most out of each unpaved adventure, wherever that might be. There are three flavors for these 12-speed groups, two one-by setups and a two-by. The emphasis is on giving riders the gearing they need to ride the gravel terrain they like best. GRX's ergonomics get an upgrade too with redesigned shift brake levers, adding 12-speed shifting without any additional lever bulk. The RX820 series shifters are designed for all-day comfort when using flared drop bars, a gravel cycling staple. By reducing pressure points and increasing surface area, your hands will feel less fatigued and you'll be more in control as you test your limits. You can learn more at gravel.shimano.com. Okay, we're back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. Uh, Before you get to your poll Mm -hmm. this week, I just want to say my buddy Jace, uh, who is living in Orange County, uh, south of you, again, after some years here in New England, uh, texted me uh, yesterday, yesterday or the day before, um, he was in the middle of his ride. He had been listening to the podcast and we had begun to talk about 
post-ride food. Uh-huh. And he he's like, I love you guys, but I had to shut it off. <laughs> because I was still out riding. <laughs> he wasn't into the last 10% of his ride yet. No, no, he wasn't. <laughs> we were going to short circuit him. Poor guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a monster rider. He's so strong. Um, and he does some big, cool stuff. But yes, he was like, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> I I get it. I get it. Uh, I'm glad we were that effective. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So last week, my question uh, was what people Jones for near the end of a ride. And it inspired me to ask a similar question, but one that I really don't think is the same for this week. What do you go for when you bonk? What are your rescue foods? And right. uh, well, to kick this off, I've got a brief example Years and years ago, 1980s, I'm out for a ride uh, with the team that my shop sponsored. I wasn't cool enough to be on the team, but I could ride with them. We'd been pushing so hard, riding in a rotating pace line most of the day, that at about the 90 mile mark of 100 miles, uh, the wheels just came off. Uh, At least three of us bonked within a mile or two of each other. And so we get to this general store. Uh, outside of Memphis, actually still one county out, um, and go inside. And I recall sitting on one of those low freezer cases, but it's open top, um, and just feeling the cold seep in through my shorts. It was a <laughs> lovely feeling. Yeah. And suddenly, the team's captain walks around the corner to the aisle I'm on, carrying half a watermelon. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, eventually, I stopped laughing. Uh, and then he and my friend Hal, who also worked for the shop that I was working at, uh, we sat on the concrete parking blocks and tried to spit watermelon seeds into the open dumpster. Oh, nice. Uh, he bought a box of plastic knives as well, and we just sliced it up and devoured everything but the rind. Mm-hmm. Um, so the responses uh, that I got included both during ride bonks and once home bonks. So you, you oh, bonked yeah. and you got home and now you've got your own kitchen. Um, I was really much more curious about like, what do you go for in the 7-Eleven? But I did get some really interesting responses uh, for that. So I'll, I'll share uh, the home ones as well. Coke was the clear winner. Yep. Uh, yep. That, that'd be my, that'd be my go-to. Also, people gave me some combos, and I hadn't anticipated there were specific formulae that Uh people would go for. And the most popular combo included Coke, Coke plus Snickers. Yeah. And, well, yeah, I've done that one. I have definitely done that one. Uh, I have also, well, I... I'm going to express an unpopular opinion. Uh, it's un- unpopular in my home where Snickers is my fa- my wife's favorite candy bar. I greatly prefer Milky Way, which is oh. the Snickers without the peanuts. Right, right. And I don't right. dislike peanuts. Uh-huh. I just like all the other stuff much more. Right. You you want all party and no business. That is correct. In fact, the Milky Way Dark, Milky, Milky uh-huh. Way Midnight Milky Way Midnight, it's called the dark chocolate version of that uh-huh. candy bar that the, a Coke and one of those. And I I am a pole vaulter. I can do anything. Wow. OK. Yeah. Um, that, oh, that's a surprise. OK. Um, yeah. So uh, 
paydays were also popular, but not nearly as much. Yeah. Uh, people talked about potato chips. Yeah. Very popular. Chocolate milk came up as well. Um, but mm. regular milk didn't get as much love. Yeah. Uh, specifically, goo brand gels came up. And uh, our buddy Tim Jackson specified the espresso one. Yep. Uh, presumably because caffeine. Um, yep. Tim also, speaking of 7-Eleven, Tim also sang the praises of Slurpees. And I have to say, he is not wrong. I am a huge fan of Slurpees, but they I wouldn't go there bonked. Oh? Uh, because there's some... Um, <laughs> Well, things just when you're in that state, things uh-huh. you, the state of your digestion, my digestion, I should say, becomes pretty parlous. Uh-huh. Um, you said chocolate milk, and I had like a, a PTSD flashback to one time that I bonked <laughs> and solved it with a, a frozen espresso chocolate milk combo. Uh huh. Which I then followed with a Coke and something about the bubbles and the dairy together uh, yeah. uh-huh. didn't didn't play well. That that chemistry didn't work out. No, no, no. Um, yeah, that, and so, that makes yeah, sense. With the, yeah. So the Slurpee, which I love, I love a cola Slurpee. Duh. Uh, yeah. But not on a bunk. <laughs> okay well yeah and see for me chocolate milk is like i'm still in good shape but i want i want you know liquid protein um and deliciousness yeah you know after the ride yeah. um but it's not something i go for on a bonk okay now i've, I've grouped together all the con- convenience store specific foods yeah i've already mentioned coke and snickers and coke and snickers yep. as well as paydays but i also got moon pies Oh, you just triggered me again. Go on. <laughs> um, those little chocolate donuts from Hostess that come six to a package. Yep. Yeah. Um, and also Hostess cupcakes. Yeah. Yeah. I've never gone there. Um, Mountain Dew got mentioned. Um, and I'm totally down with that. There are some days that are just too hot for Coke. Um, and so going citrus is my call. One person, I'm sorry, Ron, I'm not going to call you out by name. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) one, one person mentioned diet Coke. I'm sorry. I just don't get that. Well, actually I'm not sorry. I don't get it. Bonking is no time for diet stuff. Yeah. (laughs) That is a no. That's a hard no for me because I don't like that anyway. Some people like that's <laughs> right, their right. thing. I've, I've got, yeah, multiple reasons for no. But I will say in Ron's defense that once I was in the midst of a terrible bonk and I drank a seltzer, which makes no sense. I mean, or I should say makes very little sense mm-hmm. being non-caloric. Uh, but I, f- I drank the seltzer and followed it with a regular Coke, and that was magic. Okay. All right. You know, I got some, uh, I definitely got some nut butter recommendations, and I got some interesting combos for both peanut butter and almond butter. Um, uh-huh. 
you know, there were some standard pairings like jelly or raisins or banana. Uh, yeah. One included figs, but there were a couple that I hadn't heard before, uh, like peanut butter and cheese. What? I'm a big no on that one as well. Yeah. 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 I uh, mean, I'm super glad someone said that because it's freaky deaky. Yes. But yes. I would never do that. Go on. Yeah, Sorry. Please yeah. fly your freak flag high. We yes. love that about you. We're just not going to join you. That's right. Um, uh, other other stuff people have gotten out on the road. Yoo-hoo. Oh, sure. Pizza. Yeah. Why not? Um, bananas. Uh, trail mix. I, yeah. I can support that. Orange juice. Yeah, uh, I've never. D- nope, that's not something I've done as much as I like orange juice, um, Oreos, and just generically chocolate. Okay. Yeah, uh, I do love how specific some folks got. Yeah. My friend Curtis specified chili dog, not hot dog, chili dog. I see that. My friend Christine, with whom I've ridden a number of grasshoppers, spelled out. Gas station chicken salad sandwich. Nope. Sorry, Christine. (laughs) We have some lovely parting gifts. Next. (laughs) Well, Sebastian, another local friend here, uh, someone who is rarely more than six or eight feet from a good time, if not a party. He piled on with gas station egg salad sandwich. Uh, Christine, you're back in the game. Sebastian, (laughs) you're out. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually found the idea of egg salad sandwich more palatable. So what? Um, yeah, uh, I can't explain that. I um, mean, to be fair, I don't like egg salad sandwich at all. At all. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I like eggs, but anyway, go on. So you got more. How about how about gummy bears? Not for me, but I accept it. I, it makes sense. Uh, and and we got uh, it was specified Mott's not uh welch's because they have more calories per gummy all right yeah I, that's I, just more chewing than i want to do when i bonked i i i love the specificity of that you know having having you know a, a real um a real preference even in a bonk um yeah. there was another coke variant that i well i thought it was a coke variant at first cream coke full cream coke uh-huh. Um, and I had to inquire, are you talking vanilla Coke? And no, he just meant, you know, high test, uh, uh and preferably Mexico to, yeah, uh, yeah. high fructose, blah, blah, blah. Lay's potato chips and wise potato chips by name. All right. Yeah. Our friend Julie specified Stroop waffles. Good call, Julie. Yeah, but I got to say, you know, when I thought about it, it's like, I'm not sure how many of those I would need to consume in order to rescue myself from said bunk. That's true. It Uh, might be the whole box. uh, Yes. Uh, Yeah. Stroop waffle is delicious and highly caloric and sweet, but it would have to be combined with, I mean, a Stroop waffle and a Coke would be powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Julie's on the podium with Stroopwafel, I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. We uh, we got a couple of beer requests. Uh, uh. Someone someone wrote, isn't the answer still beer? Um, <laughs> and, you know, big points for that. Uh, but one person did say, uh, uh, Oktoberfest lager. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, TCI co-founder Kush said he was once saved by Red Bull in a Slim Jim. 
And, you know, that sounds pretty cush. It does, and I admire the pure trashiness of it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty trailer park. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, a very old friend of mine, Brad, who I worked with at The Peddler, uh, had the best one of all. A meatball sub from Garibaldi's in Memphis. And man, did that take me back. Wow. I, I, they were like a food group for me at one point. I even worked there for a while. Garibaldi's. Yeah. My friend Sarah asked if I was referring to a real bonk. Now, yes, Sarah is a novelist, so I knew not to, uh, you know, don't poke the bear. Don't challenge her. Yeah. Um, but she had something I am dying to try. Yeah. Uh, cherry pie filling straight out of the can. What I think I've animal. discovered something. Yes. Well, I yes. love that. I've discovered something here. Yes. You know, I need to try that. I need to go buy cherry pie filling. I, what other sorts of fillings come in a can? I, I might buy a whole assortment. Among the once home solutions, potatoes did come up, as did soup, which surprised me. Nachos, which sounds reasonably genius. Um, lasagna. Boy, mm-hmm. did that, you know, that kind of sparked that, that made me hungry, actually, is what it did. Um, also, smoothies. And I even got one really good recipe. Uh, I, I buy that, uh, except that when I'm in a proper bunk. Now, we're uh-huh. talking about, you know, not I'm just I got home and I'm hungry, but like. Full bunk. Yeah, like I shouldn't open my mouth because I'll breathe fire at somebody because I'm suddenly angry. Yeah, uh, uh, there's no prep time in that. Like, I'm lucky if I get the wrapper off of whatever highly processed garbage I'm about to, uh, you know, shove in my pie hole. Yeah, uh, you know, I have another story here. Uh, I once came home from a cold, wet, rainy ride where my right pedal seized. Um, after, after getting the bike hung up, I never got that pedal unfrozen. I grabbed a frozen burrito, stuck it on a plate, put it in the microwave. Uh, I was putting it in for 90 seconds to just start getting it unthawed while I went and took a shower because I was that grimy. Well, because I was so bonky that I was shaky, I actually put it in for nine minutes, not 90 seconds. Ah. And uh, it caught fire. Something that my now ex-wife Shauna told me about <laughs> when she came into the bathroom to say, you know, uh, didn't you notice all that smoke? Oh, yeah. There's still kind of a yellowing on the inside of that microwave. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's, you know, that meets the, the absolute threshold on bonk. You know, you're shaky to the point you can't operate buttons. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised bananas and beer didn't come up more often. And I was hoping to get more stories of desperation, but Trey came through with a tale of finding cheese crackers by the side of the road, brushing off the ants and then chowing down. Wow. And, and he didn't let that one go unchallenged. Uh, he, he came back with riding the tour divide last summer uh, during which he feasted on all the crumbs at the bottom of his top tube bag and pronounced them delicious. I think we have a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what Trey wins other than our respect, but yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know if respect is the word I would use, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 A, certain, a certain kind of regard. And uh, for me, for my part, Sarah is also on the podium with the cherry pie filling. Yes. I think if my wife found me on the on the living room floor, <laughs> bib, bib straps on, you know, like just in the bibs with the straps around my waist and a spoon and a can of cherry pie filling. I don't I don't even know what that would do to our relationship. I'll have to ask her about yeah. that. Yeah. Also, cheers to everyone who just said whatever is is nearby. My friend Ian said anything within three feet of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go back. Uh, I want to revisit Moon Pie uh, <laughs> because I grew up with the Moon Pie. And for those of you who didn't grow up in the South, a Moon Pie is a packaged, uh, baked treat. Confection confection you know uh like a twinkie or a hostess cupcake uh but it's round it's about what it's probably got a three and a half inch diameter it's about as big around as a softball yeah and it's basically marshmallow in the middle with two cookies uh sandwiching it that that are then coated the straight ahead moon pie has a chocolate coating but you could get banana strawberry there's a lot of different moon pies yeah, the 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 banana one is a, a sin against all things good in this world. I agree. Yes. Uh, and I encountered moon pies growing up in Mobile, Alabama. They are associated with Mardi Gras. Mobile, Alabama actually had a Mardi Gras before New Orleans did. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> but you would get the moon pies thrown to you at you uh, during during Mardi Gras parades. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So like a good parade, you'd come away with half a dozen or more, you know, moon pies. <laughs> and uh, they were kind of treasured. Um, cut to uh, <laughs> the year 2020, 2021. I forget. I ran. I went down to Georgia to Atlanta and I ran an ultra marathon, an ultra trail race. Uh -huh. Yep. Which was 30 miles. And despite taking place at the very beginning of October, it was in the 80s and humid. And I fell all the way apart. I remember you talking about this. Yeah. 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 Dehydrated, bonked, just like my heart rate, um, untethered from anything rhythmic or whatever. <laughs> so I'm basically stumbling around in the woods um, wondering how they're going to get an ambulance to me. Uh, but continuing because <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah. Because I, I really did understand that there's no way that an ambulance is coming in here. Uh, <laughs> like you're deep in the Georgia woods anyway. So I get to the aid station for the last time. And one of the things they have is moon pies. <laughs> and my friend Magna said to me, you you're not going to eat that. <laughs> what a great setup. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I I was so like my sense of my own mortality. I, like I had pre-accepted death at this point. 
You know, I was just like, I had come around now to the to being amused by my own stupidity, etc. And I said, I am going to eat the moon pie. And it was awful. It was awful. It was the cookie was very dry. I almost choked to death on it. Isn't just, it more like a graham cracker inside there? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Too I'm not crumbly. actually sure what it is, but I mean, if I had to compare it to something, I'd say graham crackery. That's correct. That is a better. It's called a cookie, but it's not like any cookie. It's it is. It's like a crumbly graham cracker that is uh, dipped baked, in chocolate, dipped in chocolate. And I yeah. thought, well, maybe this will be moist enough to hold together and it'll be a lot of calories and I will feel much better, but instead I nearly choked to death, um, uh, which is all neither here nor there. Uh, you should eat the moon pie if you want to eat the moon pie. But what has happened subsequently, whenever I make an intentionally or a consciously stupid choice mm-hmm. on the trail or anywhere in life, Magna will say, what are you doing? And I'll say, you know, sometimes you just got to eat the moon pie. <laughs> So, so, uh, your code for stupid acts is just moon pie. Yeah. Sometimes you okay. gotta eat the moon pie. It makes okay. no sense. It, it right. never makes sense to eat a moon pie, but sometimes that's what you gotta do. And with that paceline picks. All right. Paceline picks this week. I want to revisit three pairs of liner shorts. I've discussed over the last year or so. Uh, the Craft Greatness Cycling Short, the Louis Garneau Inner Cycling Short, and the Gore Fern Flow Liner Shorts Plus. <laughs> I still don't know what the plus is on those shorts, but God bless them. Uh, as I've explained previously, I'm wearing liners on almost every ride now rather than bibs. Uh, so the stakes are higher for my liners. An article of clothing, probably most cyclists, maybe they, I don't know, maybe they don't own any or even think about them, but they've become very important to me. Uh, and because there are three pairs to revisit, I'm going to be brief here. Oh, <laughs> I see, see what, what you I did, did there. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> so the Crafts and the Gardos both live in the 50 to $60 price range, and there's a reason for that. They're not as good. Um, the Garneaus are the better of that pair. The Craft Greatness is, for me, really just worthy of errand running. The pad okay. is small. There are seams. Also, the sizing is way off. I'm a nailed-on medium in almost everyone's clothing, in almost all items. But I would size down to to a small for myself to get better, a better fit out of these. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I would have expected the, they go the other way because they're European sized. Yeah, no, they're they're they, big American sized, I guess. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, they're they're too loose and whatever for me in the mediums. Uh smaller would be better. Uh but the Garnos are softer and more comfortable. Uh mm-hmm. and you can do more than just errand running in them. Uh, a ride over an hour in length might be too much. You might start okay. to get into the, the discomfort range. Uh-huh. And that brings me to the Gorn, Gore Fern Flows. Fern Flow. Say for, Fern Flow five times fast. So these things, despite their name, are great. They're 90 bucks, so they ought to be better than the other two. But they are so much better. I'd recommend making the jump, regardless of the type of riding you're doing. They're lightweight. They're breathable. They're genuinely breathable. Um mm. 
They don't have seams that begin to wear at your delicate parts, and the sizing for me is dead on. Uh, I got my first pair actually from the PR agency that works uh, with Gore. Uh-huh. I got them specifically for review. So I reviewed them. I gave them a positive review. Um, I hadn't paid for them, um, which I don't know whether if that had any effect on my review. I don't think so. Um, I genuinely don't say I like things that I don't. But I liked them so much that I went back and ordered another pair that I did pay for, mm-hmm. which I think sounds like an endorsement. Uh, I, you put your money where your mouth is. Yes, uh, that's exactly that's exactly what I'm saying. So the message here is not only about which product of these is better, maybe, but that in my experience, it almost always makes sense to invest in the best thing. I mean, I look for value. I definitely do. But um, if you're wondering if you're going to wear if you're going to get a pair of liner shorts, which are a seemingly innocuous uh, garment, you might think, oh, well, I'll just get the cheap one because I don't, you know. I can't do that on the stuff that actually sits on my body. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying it's worth spending the money. The craft shorts and the Garnos are good. If you seldom wear a liner or you're just buying for errands or short rides, they're worth trying for sure. They're not bad products. But if you're buying for your serious rides, whatever that means, then I'd say jump to the Gorn Fern Flows. Uh, this is my undershorts wisdom after riding all of them for six months or more. Hmm. Okay. So... I've tried a lot of new to me handlebar tapes in the last six months as my old go to isn't easily available anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and of those I've tried, my favorite has actually been a surprise. Uh, it's from FSA, a company better known for handlebars and cranks than bar tape. Yeah. Their power touch handlebar tape isn't cheap. It's 33 bucks at retail. Yeah. Um, but it comes in eight colors. Uh, and I'm embarrassed that that might be its second most important quality. Yep. Um, it's stretchy. It yep. doesn't delaminate is three millimeters thick, uh, which is thick enough for my hands, which uh, in the last year I've begun to occasionally experience an affliction common to many roadies, which is hand numbness. Mm. Never had any problems with that until like within the last 365 days. Mm. I'm also embarrassed to say that I don't know how wide it is. It's a wide tape, wider than most. Um, I thought they would include that detail on their website, uh, but they don't. Um, And now that it's on my bike, I can't really measure it all that easily. Um, But uh, two rolls with handlebar plugs reportedly weigh 85 grams. Uh, I am thinking that anyone worried about how much their bar tape weighs may have lost the plot line. Yes. Uh, For riders who sweat lots and like a grippy tape, you'll love this stuff. Uh, what I especially like is that it has yet to show anywhere. And I've actually been writing this stuff for more than six months. Uh, okay. I put it on, uh, early this spring. Um, I've got the orange tape and it looks amazing on my Danucci. Um, perfect accent for that bike, which has some orange in the paint. One of the problems that I have seen in colored bar tape are hues that don't match the hues being used in other products, mm-hmm. but they're red, neon yellow, orange, and pink are all in keeping with other shades I've seen on bike products. 
so it's a promising option. Um, I was uh, given this stuff uh, at, uh, uh, gosh, where was it? Uh, I don't know. Sea Otter? No. I, it was it was given to me, and I can say that I will be going out to buy more of it in the future. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's a, I, it's good stuff. I have some bar tape, which I have not yet uh, installed, wrapped, uh-huh. applied. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. the word, um, which is five millimeters thick. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious uh, whether too much pl- too plush is a thing or whether I'm going to love it. I will talk about it on a later podcast once I've had a t- had some time to beat on it. What sort of a bike is it going on or has gone gravel on? bike? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's the correct bike for sure. Um, I anticipate that uh, once you've ridden that gravel bike on some nastier stuff, you will not regret the choice. I don't think so. And it is also made by a company that you didn't know made grip tape. So <laughs> I'll save all that for later. All righty. Well, that seems to be a wrap on another episode of the Pace Line. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts about anything we talked about today in the comments uh, at the Cycling Independent. By all means, feel free to share your uh, post-bonk foods. Um, and... Uh, Heck, stay tuned. We may be doing more of this questiony stuff. And when you drop by, hey, uh, we have subscriptions or a tip jar, three, five, and ten dollar options for subscriptions, uh, and whatever you want for the tip jar. Your your dollars go directly to us. No private equity here. We are a humble operation. I want to follow up. A few listeners noticed that your subscriptions had lagged and. went back in, resubscribed, and then topped up the months that you missed with the, in the tip jar. And I can't say how grateful I am for that. Wow. Um, and, please uh, and thank you. Yes, please and thank you. Um, this coffee doesn't pay for itself. <laughs> yes, uh, nor do the servers. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, hey, uh, thanks for listening. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with John Emlyn Robot Lewis. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.